0: We saw in our Haftorah reading today three words that are very significant. The three words were Zerah Avraham Ohavai, referring to the Jewish people as the seed or the offspring of Abraham, my beloved ones. The Jews are beloved because we're children of Abraham. It's interesting, in today's Parsha, uh, God promises Abraham at the end of the Parsha that, uh, that he's going to have a son through Sarah. And then uh, Abraham pleads, he says, oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. He loves Ishmael. He says, oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. He says, no, I'm going to bless him too. He blesses him also because he's also Abraham's seed. But he says, nevertheless, the covenant will come through yes. this other son. That is to be born. So what is remarkable and what's, what should grasp our attention today is that most of the world calls itself children of Abraham. This old man who appears in our story on Scripture when he's 75 years old, this old man from Mesopotamia, most of the world calls itself children of Abraham. Jews, Christians, and Muslims. He's very important, to say the least. More important than we usually think. And today we want to look at this question. What does it mean to manifest Abraham's spiritual DNA? You know, we might know that we're genetically traced back to Abraham, but that's not the issue today. The issue today is what does it mean for us to manifest his spiritual DNA? And Yeshua, in John chapter 8, makes this interesting statement. He says, if you are children of Abraham, then do the things Abraham did. If you are the children of Abraham, do the things that Abraham did. In other words, manifest Your family resemblance. My son's middle name is Abraham. As a matter of fact, until he was 15, he went by Avi, which was short for Avraham, Chaim Avraham Dowerman. And it used to bother him. It doesn't bother him anymore. He would find himself scratching himself, scratching his head a certain way or whatever, and he would discover he's doing everything like his father. You know, (laughs) it bothered him, you know. Uh, My sister, I have one sister, when she first met Chaim as a a young boy, she said, Stuart, Chaim doesn't look like you. She said, Chaim is you. (laughs) So, my son manifests in many ways his spiritual also, his spiritual lineage from me. And the very serious question which Yeshua places before us today and which I want to place before us all today is what does it mean? What does it look like for us to manifest Abraham's spiritual DNA? Or as Yeshua put it in John 8, if you are children of Abraham, then do the things Abraham did. Join me in a word of prayer as we pray to the God of Abraham. Father, wow. What a privilege it is. Uh, incalculable privilege that we have an opportunity to find our place in a story so old, so holy so eternal. You give our lives meaning. You give our lives context. You give our lives dimensionality. We are privileged, every one of us in this room, and those listening to this elsewhere, we are privileged to find our place in this everlasting, glorious story. You are known forever as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we have a niche somewhere in this story. Please, by your spirit, show us today what it will mean for us to manifest the spiritual DNA of Abraham, our father. Because you said of us as Jews, but also this is true of others as well, that we are Zera Avraham, or Havacha. We are the uh, seed of Abraham, your beloved. Thank you. In Yeshua's name, name. Amen. So let's take a look at this question. What does it mean for us to manifest Abraham's spiritual DNA? I'm going to look at seven, seven aspects of what that is, seven of them, and then I'm going to have six questions for us to contemplate on the basis of these seven characteristics. The first is that to manifest Abraham's spiritual DNA, we will discover an elevated... Purpose, what I call an elevated purpose now Adonai said to Abraham the story opens up with God addressing Abraham I hesitate to say what I'm going to say because it's so dramatic but I'm going to say it anyway have you ever sensed yourself being addressed by God I have and I'm not the only one I see a friend of mine over here shook her head and said that yes even if you've not sensed it it happens God addresses us in many ways I have one friend who I trust I respect very highly who said on one occasion he actually heard the voice of God Uh, he never recovered in a good way you don't, you don't forget that. I have known God addressing me in my life at a number of times. God finds way, ways to address us. It might be that a thought occurs to you that you don't know where it came from, but it's wiser than anything that you normally think. Or perhaps you're reading the scripture and something just comes alive for you. Uh, Perhaps you're praying, and something like that happens. Perhaps somebody is talking to you, and they don't realize as they're talking to you that when they talk to you, you sense that God has spoken to you. Uh, That's happened to me. I'll tell you one story, just to illustrate there's a woman who's a member of this community, although she now lives in, Los, in Nevada, and that's uh, Del Leftwich. Del Leftwich is a real woman of prayer. When I first came to Ahavatsion in, uh, in 1989, uh, the rabbi at that time, uh, Barry Budoff, uh, may he rest in peace, and I know he will, Barry Budov gave me permission to experiment with some of my Messianic Jewish ideas that were burgeoning in my life at that time. This, this is going now. I came here in 89. Uh, this was about 1991. And uh, the ideas are very rich. And I knew, that I, I knew that I felt that God wanted me to mobilize them, to, to field test them, to have a laboratory for it, and I thought Avacion would be the place for it, but Barry was a very laissez-faire leader. And, and 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 I knew it needed a little more authority behind it. And so I was standing in Avacion uh, one Shabbat morning in September of nineteen ninety-one. I can tell you exactly when it was. And I sighed. <sighs> And Del came up to me. She said, "Uh, uh, what's wrong? I said, oh, nothing, nothing. She said, no, really, what's wrong? I said, no, 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 nothing. She said, no, I want to know. The following Monday was Labor Day. So she she, uh, worked in Pasadena near where I live. So uh, we decided to meet at Conrad's restaurant in Pasadena on Lake Avenue and Walnut Street on Labor Day. And we met there for a brunch or something, and I'm sitting, I'm talking to her, and I said, you know, I believe that God has given me something to do, I said, but um, I don't believe that I can do it unless the leadership situation at Avatsion changes in some way by December, by December or so. And as I said that, it's as though God said to me, listen to what you're saying, kid, I realized what I was saying was more significant than I knew. The following day, I had an appointment with Rabbi Budoff to plan the High Holy Day services. And he said to me, he says, there's a congregation in Chicago that's going to extend to me an invitation to be their rabbi. And when they do, I'm leaving. At that point, I knew that I was the next rabbi of Zion. I knew that. Because of th- those things, God had addressed me. He does that. I want. I'm saying that not so that you'll compare your experience to me and say, "Oh, Rabbi, that never happened to me." Don't do that. What I'm trying to do is tell you God does address us. He addresses us to elevate our lives in some way, to elevate them towards a greater achievement of His glory and His purposes. So the first thing about. Manifesting Abraham's spiritual DNA is to allow yourself and to know yourself to have been addressed by God. Okay? Being divinely influenced to go higher. Uh, This anti-Semitic device here. (laughs) there, There it is. Okay. Secondly... When you're addressed from God, by God, he's going he's gonna to most likely have you in some way change your context. It doesn't mean you're going to move. With Abraham, it did mean moving. God says to him, get yourself out of your country, away from your kinsmen, and away from your father's house. He's 75 years old. God is saying, get up and go. Lech lecha. You'll, when God begins to work in you in this way to manifest the spiritual DNA of Abraham he will take you out of your comfort zone that's not necessarily geographically but socially in some way god is going to call you into an engagement where you don't have all, you don't know all the ropes you've got to you know why you've got to depend on him Uh, I I could talk about this and I hesitate to tell you a lot of stories about myself because the sermon is not about me. But I just want you to know that more than once, more than twice in my life, this is exactly the way it's been. God called me out of my comfort zone. He called me to leave New York City where I was a school teacher, where I was a, a member of a, of, a, of a house group, uh, to come to California where I was making $200 a month uh, instead of a school teacher salary in New York City. He called me out of my comfort zone. When I left Jews for Jesus in 1989, I had a wife, three children, and no job. He called me out of my comfort zone. He's calling me now to go back to New York. He's calling me out of my comfort zone. I can't even afford a parking place in New York, you know, right now. But at any rate, he will call you out of your comfort zone, not necessarily geographically, socially. He'll, because I'm assuming it's because he wants you to step deeper into a partnership with himself. And that involves learning about his dependability and learning about your dependence okay thirdly he's, called, he's going to call you to embrace the unknown God says to Abraham get out of your country leave your father's house go to a land I will show you he doesn't even tell him what land it is Abraham has no idea where he's going you know And when you follow God, uh, when you manifest the spiritual DNA of Abraham, you will know yourself to have been called to elevate. You will be called out of your comfort zone, yes. But there's a lot you won't know. You're going to sense, I need to go in this direction. You have no idea exactly what awaits you. That's the way it was when I came down here. I knew certain things, but... uh, this is the way it will be. You'll not only be called out of your comfort zone, but you won't know everything. You have to embrace the unknown. You have to embrace risk. Before I left Youth for Jesus, I spent a year with a shrink. Her name was Pauline Holmes, a very attractive British woman, psychologist, because I was scheduled to have a meeting with my boss, who was an extraordinarily intimidating man. Uh, he just had the gift of intimidation. And uh, I was scheduled to have an appointment with him about my future with the organization, which it turns out there wasn't any. But I was intimidated. And my shrink said to me, she said, you don't believe God will be there for you in the unknown situation. And she was, she was entirely right. She nailed me. I did not have, I wasn't manifesting Abrahamic faith. I didn't I was terrified because I didn't know what the future was. But if you're going to manifest Abraham's spiritual DNA, you will be called upon to to embrace the unknown. To say, I don't know everything, but I sense God is calling me and I gotta go. I've got to tell you one more story. Oh, come on, baby. No, 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 we don't want that. I'm trying to back up. Hold on a second. That's good. Uh, my wife and I went to Israel three times. As staff members of Juice of Jesus. The second time, um, the second time I felt strongly when we were there in 1981 that God was guiding us, guiding me and therefore us to make aliyah. There were certain things that happened that, uh, um, where I felt there was divine guidance. So the night before we left, I stayed up all night using a typewriter that I borrowed from Warren Graham. And I, uh, I, I typed a proposal from my boss, the head of Jews for Jesus, about us going to Israel. And uh, I typed it up, and when we came back to the United States, I was going to present it to him. And I was going up to him, and I was nudging him a little bit. He turned around, and he said, you're aggressing me. <laughs> Scared me to death. <laughs> I, never the, I never showed him the letter, because I was terrified. Later on, when it was time for me to leave Jews for Jesus, I knew, even though I didn't know everything, I knew that I had to go, and I knew that I could not not go out of fear of man. Because I had once in my life stuffed the will of God because of the fear of man, and I wasn't going to do it again. Okay? So this is what it is like to manifest Abraham's DNA you you follow God even though you don't know everything. Okay? Moving on. Embrace the unknown. Number four. He says, God says to him, I will make of you a great nation. This is one of the earmarks of manifesting Abraham's DNA. God leads you into a situation where you will be more fruitful. When I came down here in 1989, when I left Jews for Jesus, wife, three children, sold the house, had... Had a, had a settlement package, no job. When I came down here, I sensed, I didn't know everything, but I dimly sensed I was going into a chapter in my life that was more fruitful, that was new fruitfulness. I'd been fruitful before. Mm-hmm. Jews for Jesus made me a, a world-famous man with my music. But now I sensed that season was over, and I sensed that what was coming up was going to be fruitful, but I had no idea in what way. No idea. But that's another earmark of manifesting Abraham's DNA, is that he will lead you into new fruitfulness. Okay? Let's go on. Number five, he will give you authority and honor. It's interesting. As you step into, when you step into God's will for your life, When you step into the niche that he wants you to stand you will have a certain gravitas, a certain authority and honor. It comes from God. You don't have to manifest. You don't have to crank it up. It's just something that comes from God. I will make your name great. God says I will make your name great to Abram. I'm going to give you authority and honor. Did God do that? We're standing here 3,000 years later, talking about this old man in Mesopotamia. And most of the world calls him, calls him father. Did God make his name great? Holy cow. Absolutely. God says elsewhere, I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be disdained. God honors those who honor him. If you follow God in his will, he will give you authority and honor. He'll give you gravitas. In The niche that you're supposed to occupy. Number six, he gives you protection. I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse anyone who curses you. God will look out for you when you step into his will. And when you manifest the DNA, the spiritual DNA of Abraham our father, God will back up your act. Do you understand? He'll he'll be there for you. This stuff is so big that I know that I cannot really communicate it to you in the dimensionality that it deserves. But this is big stuff. This is absolutely true. Finally, he'll give you expanded influence. By you all he said that to Abram, by you. Listen to this. I'll make of you a great nation. By you, all the families on earth will bless themselves. Or Another translation, all the families of the earth. All the families of the earth. Is that a big sphere of influence? I'm not saying that God is going to make you that big. But you will have expanded influence as you step into the will of God for your life. Okay? So now, this brings us to a few questions. Have you ever sensed an inward impetus to elevate your life to up your game but you failed to respond how was that I just told you my story it's not a feeling I ever want to repeat I've, I've disobeyed God more times in my life than, than I can count trust me but that's a little different from knowing what God has told you to do and then, out of fear of man, stuffing it. I'll tell you, if you've ever done that, I don't have to ask how that's going for you. It's, it's, it leaves you with a, a lifetime of regret. Not so much for what you didn't do, that you didn't go, but that you, you stiff-armed God in some way. It's not a good feeling. So... Are you sensing such a call at this time? Are you sensing God calling you in some way to up your game? If I, if I can help you with that, I'll do what I can, but I don't, I, don't, I don't claim to. My job right now is not to give you all the answers, but to give you some important questions. Here's the second one. Are you sensing that? Number three, are you unavailable to embrace the unknown? Are you risk avoidant? Now I'm meddling. But I understand. I'm asking you this question so that you can know yourself. Number four, how has unresponsiveness to a call or unavailability, unavailability to risk worked out for you? I, I already asked about unresponsiveness to a call, but unavailability, unavailability to risk. Your life gets safer, but it gets smaller. When you're unavailable for risk, your life shrinks, and it gets very hard, it gets smaller and the circumference of it gets hard. You know? It stops growing. It shrinks. Five. Are you seeking greater fruitfulness, greater authority, and expansion? I want you to know there is nothing in life that compares with sensing your where you ought to be doing what God wants you to do and sensing his, his companionship and blessing on that um, uh, there's not uh, you, I, I, this sounds very spiritual and very, you know, very expected but I want you to know I really mean it there, there's nothing that compares with it Uh, uh, it's of a different quality than other satisfactions in life it's like the difference between the finest steak dinner that money can buy and cotton candy Okay, the rest of life is cotton candy compared to this which is steak medium rare with Baked potatoes. Okay. Are you seeking greater fruitfulness, greater authority, and greater expansion? How will you pray? I want to... I want to invite you to... um, uh, to bring this all to God. I wish... although I'm glad I don't. I wish I could... Give you all the answers and 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 do that, but I'm am glad I don't because that would mean for me to for me to trust myself and ask you to trust me rather than telling you, hey folks, you got to trust God. And God will guide you, and move you along in ways that you do not even understand. I'm going to tell you one more story, because I gotta. As you know. I'm planning to go back to New York. I've been discouraged for about six months. I've been depressed. I don't know, maybe more. I don't. I don't t- tend to mark it on my calendar. Uh, but the other night, I told God. You know, I said, God, you know, I was lying in bed looking up at the ceiling, and I said to God, I said. Uh, I just, uh, I just want to finish the work he gave me to do. That's what I told him. I just, that's, that's all I want. I want to finish the work he gave me to do. Okay, now, what I want to do in New York, what I feel God has called me to do, what I started researching in 1990, uh, and what my life experience prepared me for, is I want to start a network of home, of Khavera house church hybrids, uh, because uh, I really believe that it's through face-to-face relationship in surrogate families that really spiritual growth happens. Yeah. Spiritual growth really happens when we have an eye-to-eye, face-to-face relationship. I'm writing a book on that, Show Me the Way to Go Home. I started research on this in 1989, 1990, and in recent years that whole idea came, burst into flame again. So there I was a couple of nights ago. I told this to God. The next day, I have an appointment with a friend of mine who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, who's in town doing business. She says to me, she says to me, basically, she's from a congregation that kind of went through meltdown because of, of a crisis in the spiritual life of the leader. And then the next leader who came in tried to steer the whole congregation in a way that he favored, and he told people who were not ready to get with this program they were welcome to leave. So she and her husband, who were members of the board, and about 30 people left. So she says to me, she says, you know, we've got these people, and I'd like you to come down and talk to us about this idea that you have. Now, that that dropped into my lap the next day, okay? Unexpected conversation dropped into my lap. She wants you to come and talk to them about mentoring them in this regard, and I'm going to do that. The following day, I'm sitting at a coffee shop where I normally do my study every day. It's in Pasadena. It's right near Fuller Seminary. And I'm sitting at a table outside. I'm doing some work, and a woman sits down next to me, across from me. Um, uh, And... uh, She says, you know, I've been to your congregation. I said, really? She said, yeah, about 20 years ago. I was taking care of the kids. I was at Fuller Seminary at that time. She's now at Azusa Pacific University, finishing her PhD and teaching there. So I said, well, this is what I'm doing. I tell her about this house church, Chavara hybrid. She says, oh, I come from a house church uh, in Maine. Her father and mother have been involved for 45 years. Now, what's the chances of somebody at random sitting down with me and having a conversation with me about the very idea that I'm trying to explore. Right after I prayed, God, I need encouragement, then these serendipitous things are falling into my lap. That's the way God is. He's extremely creative. I'm not telling you what he's going to do. But he's calling you like he called Abraham into a life of uh, partnership, of, of inter... Uh, let's see, how can I say it? I'm going to use a, a dirty word. Dependent partnership with him. He's calling you into this kind of a life. But it'll be a life of fruitfulness. It'll be a life of authority and honor. It'll be a life of expansion. It'll be a life where... Uh, you have to embrace the unknown but it will be a life that you wouldn't trade for anything else you've ever known let's pray Father this is um, uh, this subject is way bigger than anything I could say because what we're talking about here is the, the texture of life with God and uh, it's, it's too big for any rabbi, any leader, any group of rabbis and leaders, too big for us to paint the whole picture. We have just touched the hem of this garment. But I pray for my friends. I pray for myself. I pray that you would, uh, by your spirit, through your word, to the honor of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, that you would lead us and, and enable us and, and draw us into a life that manifests the spiritual DNA of Abraham, our father. Because you have called us Zerah Avraham Ohavai, the seed of Abraham, your beloved. Thank you for that. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you, my friends. God bless you. Uh, we come now to the Alenu page, page 93. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. This is a prayer that reminds us we have a job to